There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders. I'm Danny Langwas. I couldn't be more excited today for the guest that's joining us, President, CEO of KSB Hospital, Dave Schreiner. Dave is a very close friend of mine. Dave is a mentor. Dave is a coach. Uh, whenever I've got a difficult situation in my life at, at work or, or personally, Dave's one of those guys that I reach out to right away. And, and Dave's one of those people that adds value to every room he's in, every conversation that he's part of. And so to really dive into leadership and the foundation uh, and the things that guide Dave's leadership is, is really exciting. But before we do that, I kind of want to walk a little bit through Dave's career here at KSB. And so, Dave, thank you for joining us. I couldn't be more excited to dive into this with you. Oh, Danny, I mean, thanks are all mine. I've been jacked up about this since you invited me. The chance to sit down and talk with you about leadership in the Sauk Valley area, that's really, really exciting. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, no, thank you. So, Dave, could you just walk us through, uh, in, in brief, you know, your history and, and your pathway to becoming the president and CEO of KSB Hospital, a hospital that's a big regional hospital, you know, you employ more than 1,000 team members. What, what, what was your pathway there? Well, the pathway was filled with a lot of luck, Danny, and it's just a dream job for me. I've been at KSB Hospital since 1989. I came as our director of medical imaging after a short stint at the University of Kansas Medical Center, and it was home right away. It, it felt like home as soon as we moved here. I had various opportunities throughout the years and then uh, became the chief executive officer and president in 2011 after getting to uh, work at the feet of Daryl Vandervoort, which was a who, he was a 25-year CEO here at KSB Hospital, and I believe he changed not only our hospital but our community through the work that he did, and he got me excited about trying to do the same thing, and the years just go by incredibly fast. Yeah, the, the years do go by incredibly fast. I think about all the work that we've done together over the last several years while I was the police chief, now a city manager, both you know operations that are happening within the hospital but major community projects. It's just amazing how fast time flies. And when you come in, you know, it's funny, when you come in and you follow a great leader like Daryl, that's a big responsibility, right? Like when, when you became the CEO president of KSB, that wasn't a destination. That's a whole new level of responsibility for you. Oh, I'm still fighting the imposter syndrome. You know, somebody may find out that I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know if we ever get past that, Danny. And we just make a, a million decisions every day. And my mantra is just make mistakes at full speed. Let's go, let's correct on the fly, and let's do the very best we can for our community in every single decision that we make. And that, that definition of community is something that you and I have talked a lot about, right? And I think it's so important to keep the people in mind with every decision that we make as leaders because people are watching. They are. And there's one of the things I admire most about you is that you don't make any decisions based on what is in your primary interest. You're always making decisions about what's in the best interest of other people, your team, your family, your community, and you really are the, the definition of a, of a servant leader. One thing, Dave, that's really impressed me. So over, we're in the middle of COVID. 
you're a hospital, right? Um, the, the things that KSB has done and moved and on the fly, all the groups you're part of, you're part of our you know, unified command team for the county, for our emergency response, our community notification information sharing. You guys have been tip of the spear with testing, with best practices. You guys have really guided a lot of what's happened and why we've been so successful here in Lee County. And you're taking on so many other issues within the hospital that I'm not even aware of, but you're doing all of this while working on your doctoral program. You want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, I'd love to talk about it. And the doctoral program is a passion for me, Danny, because it's in values-driven leadership with uh, Benedictine University in Lyle, Illinois. So they're, they're complementary. That's the way I like to look at it. Because when I go to class, which is in a non-COVID environment, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, live on campus, now in a COVID environment, it's on Zoom. The things that I learn and the, the relationships that I build and the key understandings that I take away, I can bring back and implement on Monday morning and bring things to our community and look at things from a different leadership lens, a different perspective than I've ever done before. So I don't look at them as the doctoral program as something that's added on, but something rather that's woven into my leadership style and how I'm trying to get 1% better every day. Yeah. Leadership is a, is a lifelong process. You're, you're a lifelong learner. And, and the other thing that's really impressive, Dave, I think the greatest leaders are the greatest followers. And you really, you really show that in your leadership. And as part of all the different unified and executive leadership teams that have been created by county, our county, within your own teams, when it's time for you to step up and lead, you step up and lead. But you'll also realize as part of those teams, there's incredible followership that needs to happen and contribution. And the way you balance that is, is, is awesome. Your, your position in this community is impressive. But if, if you walked into a room, people, people wouldn't have any idea because you're not that old school traditional leader that has to let everybody know how important they are. And matter of fact, you don't view yourself as important. You view everybody else you're serving as the most important. Well, I appreciate that, Danny, and that servant leadership is certainly something that is aspirational for me. And I, I think that for people that are listening in your audience, those opportunities to be involved at every single level, whether it's your, your school, your church, your business, your community, the YMCA, whatever it might be, there are so many great opportunities. And I learned to lead in those settings, and I learned to lead from some of the best examples that are right here in the Sauk Valley area. You don't have to travel internationally to find those people. They're here. And every time I go to a meeting, I try to take something away that I can do differently. And I, I learn from you. I learn from the people that are on the Central Command team that you put together. And we take all of those learnings and you try to apply them and say, what works? And oftentimes what doesn't work? And sometimes what you find that doesn't work is just as important to know. Yeah. 100%. The, our relationship with failure is so important and not seeing it as a bad thing, but as a positive and opportunity for growth is just phenomenal. So talking about growth and leadership, Dave, you've created this, this incredible, this incredible uh, outline here that, that you call the leadership tree. And what I think, what I think is so valuable for our listener is that this is the foundation of who you are and how you lead. If at any point in time you get off course, this is your true north, as you call it. And so I'm really excited about talking about this. How did you come up with and how did you create this leadership tree? It, it came from my doctoral program, Danny, in that um, one of the sessions that we had were about leading self. And I realized that I was taking so much information in but I didn't have a good way to put it all together. I, I couldn't find the way to, to knit this fabric together to something that I could review on a regular basis. 
And so they gave us this challenge of developing our own leadership style. And to me, it looked like a tree. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, it had roots. It had a trunk. It had branches. It had leaves. And so what we're going to walk through over the next few minutes is what that tree looks like and what those various components are. And I would also encourage your listeners to go through this process. I'm happy to help with that and also to go back to it. So it's only been about 15 months. I'm on version 3.0 and it could have 25 versions. I hope it does as it continues to evolve and I continue to learn. Wow. That when you shared this with me and I looked at it, I was just blown away at the different sections. And we're going to talk a minute and, and have you define your definition of values-driven leadership. But through the course of this podcast, we're going to talk about the category leader as a visionary and strategist, leader as a results driver, leader as an authentic self, leader as a relationship builder, leader as a teacher and learner. And then down in the roots on this image that, that we will share through the website at dannylangloss.com and that you can get uh, by contacting Dave, uh, my leadership life perspective. So Dave, can, can you walk us through your definition of values-driven leadership? I, I'd love to do that, Danny. And also one thing that I want to make sure we talk about is this is aspirational for me. I'm not here yet on all of these and maybe not on any of these, but it is something that I strive to get closer to all of the time and continue to refine. So when we look at my definition of values-driven leadership, one who has an unquenchable thirst for continual learning challenges existing practices, produces positive results, innovates to improve the lives of others, and loves unconditionally. There's a lot to unpack in there, right? Wow. Wow. Unquenchable thirst for continual learning. Why is that important today, Schreiner? It's still that 1% better every day, Danny. I mean, I don't think we can get stagnant. You're either improving, you're getting better, or you're getting worse. I don't know that any of us in our lives can stay in the middle. I mean, our bodies are changing every day, right? Why can't our mind change every day? And we have to listen to thought leaders, either the people that come from the academic world and the practitioners that are out there like you doing it every day and putting those practices into place and getting better. We have to keep learning in order to improve. And that ties into the next thing within this definition, challenges existing practices. It's stagnation again, right? It's that idea that because we've been doing something for 20 years, we have to continue doing that way. It's just not right. We need to challenge everything, both with ourselves, with our family members, with our friends, in our workplaces. Let's take a look at something and say, can we do this better? And, and I think our COVID environment that we're in forced many of us to do that. We hear examples of, you know, we thought it would take two years in order to get people to work from home. We did it in two days because we had to. How many other things in our lives can we change that quickly if we have the proper amount of urgency and drive to do so? Yeah, you talk about that change in the quick pivot and shifting. It's been very impressive what you've done in an organization, which is not a small organization, and the adjustments that KSB has made. And I know that that's you and that's your team. You've created an incredible team. You know, people talk about leading in crisis and how do you be successful? Well, you don't create that team in crisis. You create that team during normal times and build on that team and inspire and empower and, and motivate and you're going towards mission and, and purpose and, and your vision and you put all these things in place, you really created uh, what, what I talked about is a culture of change, a, a culture that embraces change because as human beings we get 
we get so comfortable. It's very safe for us to do what we've always done the way we've always done it. And so you've really created a team of, of purpose-driven leaders who who see change as great opportunity. And you've really created a culture of change. And that's why KSB Hospital is really leading the way during these difficult times. Well, thank you, Danny. And we do have a great team. And that begins with our board of directors and moves down to our senior leadership team and our directors. And, and part of that is you can't be afraid of failure. And in medicine, there are certainly things where you can't divert from the mainstream. It wouldn't be in the best interest of patients. But in leadership, there is. And we have to look for those at every opportunity. Yeah, we do. That produces positive results. So one of the things, and, and you and I have talked about the power of positivity. And so in your definition of values-driven leadership, knowing how important positivity is to you, seeing it in this, it's not just about getting results. It's not even about accomplishing the end result, but it's, it's more than that. It's about accomplishing a positive result. And a positive result, in my mind, I believe in yours, is a win-win for all involved, not just a win for the administration or a win for a bottom line, but a win-win win in your case for everybody, your, your team, your leadership, KSB Hospital, right? Your doctors, your nurses, your other team members, but the patients that you serve. So the produces positive results really stuck out to me as I looked at this definition. Danny, I think a lot of people can get results, but if they're not positive, they don't last. I don't think they're sustainable for an organization. And if I don't give you the opportunity to be positive about what you're doing, if I come at you from a negative perception, I think we all shut down very quickly. And when we shut down, we lose our ability to create generative, creative ideas. And if we come to you from a positive perspective and the workplace is positive and the academic studies show you need at least a four to one positive to negative ratio, things get better quickly. So I ask your listeners to think about what's your positivity ratio? Are you coming at people from a four to one? Are you a two to one? Are you negative, more negative than positive? Because to be a great leader, you have to have followers. And if we don't do that in a way that people can grow, I just don't believe that those results will last. And that's been proven from Fortune 100 companies all the way down to family-owned businesses. It, it 100%. The positivity ratio, you talk about that. The ratio I try to accomplish is nine to one. Um, it, you know, people negativity is, is very difficult. And, you know, even when your criticism is in a, done in a positive way, it, it's hard, right? As human beings, you know, as Brene Brown talks about, we get our armor up. Um, but if, if somebody comes to offer you positive, meaningful feedback that can be taken as a criticism, but they're giving you nine, maybe even more than that, positive things, right? Uh, appreciation, recognition, then it's a lot easier to take in that, that one thing because you feel appreciated. You, you feel respected. You know you're a valued member so you can get that armor down and, and you can accept that and make positive changes in, in your life. If you make nine deposits, it's a little bit easier when you have to do that one withdrawal. Yeah. Do you, do you agree, Dave? I, I really believe you know when you talk about the deposits and then you talk about the withdrawals, Every negative is at least withdrawing three or four of your positives. Oh, I absolutely agree. We remember the negatives because we want to do well, right? I mean, we talk at the hospital. Nobody sets out in their car in the morning before they go to work and say, I want to give a patient the wrong medication today. Nobody does that. We want to do well. And so when we make a mistake, those are the things most of us dwell on. We, we lay awake at night thinking, why didn't I? 
let's talk about what we can do. Let's open up that appreciative inquiry concept of asking the right questions in a way that generates new ideas. No, I, I love that. And it, it's funny because we don't want people to sit and dwell, but the kind of people that if they do make a mistake, that go back and really think about it and take that in and learn from the experience and how can I do better, those are the people that we want on our team. And we create an environment where it's safe to fail, it's safe to make mistakes by having these significant ratios of, of positivity. Yeah, what if you went back to that person the next day and say, hey, I really admire the way you handled that situation. It didn't work out initially the way you wanted it to, but the way you recovered and the way you fought your, your way through that, that's the person I want on my team. It changes everything. Yeah. You can just you just see an image of somebody just filling up with all that positivity and ready to go and do an even better job and try even harder and be even more committed to your team. 100%. Innovates to improve the lives uh, of others. Yeah, I would put this together, Danny, with the next piece. Innovates to improve the lives of others and loves unconditionally. We have to begin with trust, and trust begins with unconditional love. And that's so easy to say and very, very difficult to do. But if you know that I'm there for you, regardless of what the times are and how difficult things get, we're going to find innovation together to make our lives better. The best thing that I can do as a leader is give you opportunities that you might not have otherwise had. And many times that allows a person to see themselves succeeding at a level that they can't vision. As a leader, you have to show them that. You have to give them that dream, that aspirational state of what they can get to. And in my mind, that all begins with love. Wow. So, so powerful. You talk about removing that ceiling that people create for each other, knocking down those walls that they put up around themselves. The power, the power of believing in somebody is so so powerful. Wow. I agree. Great stuff. Thanks for taking the time to work through that definition, what you believe values-driven leadership is, what it means to you. So Dave, let's transition. Leader is a visionary and strategist. Continuously scan the environment to identify opportunities to improve the lives of others through innovation and with creativity. Be willing to challenge existing uh, paradigms. Create long-term positive impact. What does that mean to you? It begins and ends with improving the lives of others. What can we do to make things better for them? Whether that's, again, a job that they didn't think they could ever qualify for, a undergraduate degree, maybe a high school degree, graduate degree, postgraduate degree, whatever it might look like. What are things that I can imagine for people that they can't see by themselves? And then making those things sticky, challenging these existing paradigms of, you know, that statement that it drives me crazy when I hear, I'm just a nurse, right? They're the most important person in the wow. healthcare system. How can we change that paradigm to say, I'm at the front lines. I take care of people in their moments that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. And if, if being doing direct patient care is what I want to do, change that paradigm of the importance around that. And it doesn't mean that people need to continuously move up to be a leader. We need leaders at every level of our organizations. And that's what I mean by that visionary and strategist is open up what that perspective looks like so that people can see things that maybe they couldn't see before. So you're intentionally driving what I think is one of the most important aspects of our lives, professionally or personally, mindset. How we look at and view the world, how we look at and view ourselves, how we look at and view our job, and you're demonstrating to them and opening to their eyes to the impact that they're having. So they're looking at the work they're doing as a nurse, which you're right. I mean, there's 
no more important job really. I mean, the doctors are very, very important, but the nurses are, are really the heartbeat there, aren't they? And uh, I got to be careful not offending any doctors, right? If I, I want them there when, when we need them, but it's just really building up and talking about how valuable nurses are and making sure they truly understand that. Yeah, and my learning, Danny, has been around that idea that it's up is not better. You know, for me through my career, I had those goals of the next right? We always have the next. And I've learned over time that it's not about that. It's about excelling at where we are. And and for those people that are aspirational to move up, I've never seen a person advance without knocking it out of the park at the level they're at. And I think so many times we, in our minds, we skip over two or three levels. And, and that's not always the best path to success. So I think this idea is I want to be that person that people can come to and say, I want to dream about this and maybe I'm a little self-conscious or I'm a little afraid to tell somebody that this is what's really important to me. Awesome. Leader as a results driver. So you define this as drive clarity around key performance metrics and grow leaders by holding myself and others accountable. Be tough-minded on standards and tender-hearted with people. Embrace the power and reject the tyranny or, you know, that idea we can always do better. I might have read the last part of that a little bit wrong. Take us through that. Yeah, that's okay. There's a lot there, Danny. And, and the first part that I pick on is clarity. And, and this was something that I think I did very poorly as a new baby CEO. We have to have the same definition of what success looks like. And whether it's something that's short, intermediate, or long-term, we have to agree on what a win is. And one of my favorite questions when I'm speaking with leaders that report to me is, Danny, when we're sitting here a year from now, and you tell me why you had such a fantastic year, describe for me in vivid detail what happened. And then we can look and say, here's what we said we wanted to do. Here are those solid, tight metrics, and here's where we are on them. And it doesn't mean the metrics don't change. I mean, that happens, right? COVID's a great example of that. All of our metrics changed. But we still agree on what's important, and we're willing to adjust as we go along. And then I have to hold myself accountable to that. My job is to make you successful. So I have a piece of that. I own that. And if you own it at the same level that I do, our chances of achieving those metrics are really, really strong. I love this line about be tough-minded on standards and tender-hearted with people. We have things that we have to do right. You can't necessarily veer right or left on some things. But we're humans, and those things outside of expectations are going to happen. So we want to keep our high standards. We have to have high standards in order to have excellent results. But we have to be tender-hearted with the people that we're dealing with and be encouraging. And As you said earlier, that 9-to-1 positivity ratio, I love that. You know, when people go off on a tangent a little bit, that's okay. As leaders, let's steer them back. Let's not punish them for going down an alley. And this last piece is something that's a little bit new for me. Is It's that concept of let's look for and and not or. So many times we have a binary conclusion that we can do A or B. What happened if we could do A and B? And how many of those visionary ideas can we insert into the equation to do both? Let's get that multitude of improvement by addition instead of by choosing between A and B. Oftentimes, we don't have to have a win-lose. Let's have us both win. And if we do, what would that look like? We can always do better. So let's not settle for average. Oh, yeah. Wow. So so powerful. One of my favorite lines uh, from Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, 
He says, the enemy of great is good. As long as you're willing to do a good job, you'll never do a great job. And our pursuit of always being committed to excellence, excellence is about doing the very best job, the greatest job you can possibly do. I absolutely love that. Something you said during there is, is important. I think it's what's missing with leaders. And I'd ask leaders listening to this podcast to to do some self-reflection, to dig into that emotional intelligence, to ask a couple of people that are close to them that will be honest with them, and that is accountability. Are you holding yourself accountable? Are you recognizing the areas that you need to improve? Or maybe we're, we're all human beings, right? As leaders, we're not perfect. So how can we embrace that? How can we accept that? How can we share that with our team so they see we're humble human beings that are really there to serve them? And to do that, we've got to be accountable. If there's a problem, the first question we have to ask is, what part of the problem am I? And until we eliminate ourselves and what our contribution is, we can't expect others to do that. We've got to lead by that example. So I found that really powerful. And Danny, I think what you're talking about there is blind spots. And as you move up an organizational chain, you get less feedback. I get less feedback and people that are willing to tell me, as the president and CEO of KSB Hospital, things that I'm doing wrong than I did when I was a department director. And so one of the exercises that I did last night around looking for those blind spots, and this would be something your leaders could do for free today. I sent out to my wife and my two adult children, tell me the 10 words that describe me best. Wow. Write the 10 words down that describe me best. I wrote those 10 words down. Is there a connection between myself and these three people, or are they four completely different routes? And I think that's interesting to do that kind of an exercise. What am I? What is it about me that other people see me as that I don't see? As leaders, we have to be always cognizant of those blind spots. We do, and we've got to surround ourselves with great people who, and there's high levels of trust, but we've got to surround ourselves with people that will be honest with us, not just people who are wanting to move up and are willing to tell you whatever it is you, you want to tell them. You know, one of the things, we had a great conversation. Dave and I were out in Phoenix uh, presenting at the American Hospital Association on community response to opioids, which is something we're both very passionate about. And I was seeking some feedback from Dave about some of my blind spots or areas to improve. And one of my greatest strengths, as you pointed out, is my passion. But it can also be one of my weaknesses because when I come across very passionate in a positive way, it's really powerful to move people and inspire and motivate but if I come across with that same passion on something that I'm upset about or something we need to correct, then that can be very, very damaging because people aren't used to seeing that and that passion comes across the wrong way. So it's helped me dial back some of that passion when we do have to deal with problems and have that courage over comfort like Brene Brown talks about. And, and so you've got to surround yourself with people like that. And thank you for providing that feedback to me because it's something I took to heart and I've got to be accountable to that to be a better leader. Well, I appreciate that, Danny, and I, I love the idea. We all need our personal board of directors. Who are the people that, and you don't need 20, you need five, but who are the five people that you can go to that will give you honest, unadulterated feedback? And like you said earlier, it might not be what you want to hear, but I'd rather hear that from the five people on my board of directors than from the thousand people that are thinking it underneath me and I don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't want to be destroying the culture of your organization or destroying your opportunity to have the greatest impact uh, by things you don't you're not even aware of. So we challenge you through this podcast. If you don't have mentors, people that are close to you, if you haven't given somebody permission to tap you on the shoulder and say, "Hey, Danny, um, 
this is going on. I just want you to know it's coming across this way and having this impact. And you being able to accept, embrace, and make the changes, we challenge you to do that. It'll it'll change everything for you. And you know, Danny, I, there, I, I understand the hesitation from people saying, are you kidding me? Am I going to go to this person and say, will you be on my personal board of directors? How arrogant does that sound? I have not in my lifetime had someone tell me no. Because they, people want to help people. It feels good. I'm coming to you because I respect you. I want your opinions. That's a good feeling. It's not a negative. You're not putting them in an uncomfortable position. No, not at and all. And if they say no, you might not have wanted them on your board anymore. Right. Dave, leader as an authentic self, understand and love myself first. When making change starts small, be me regardless of the setting. Stay curious and open to challenging my current beliefs. Improve every day. Wherever I go, I am there. Walk us through that. Part of this, Danny, really for me is a transition from the first half of my life, which I hope is the second half. And I spent the first half of my life doing. I checked boxes. I, I became a vice president. I became a CEO. I was able to be on the board of governors for a 40,000 person American College of Healthcare executives. I ran 11 marathons. I did an Ironman. You know, all those things are check boxes, graduate degree. That's all doing. And the second half for me is around being. And there's a big difference between doing and being. And so this box for me is understanding that I'm flawed. I do a lot of things wrong. And I, I want to appropriately beat myself up. But more often than not, have that same positive to negative ratio with myself. Because if my heart's in the right place, I want to get better. And I also understand that we have to start small. And much of the research says that in order to take a habit and really hardwire that, it's a two-year process, right? I, don't, I can't stop my slice in golf with one session to the range. I might not be able to stop it with two years of sessions, but you've got to start small. And then that concept of, um, I, I'm not talented enough to be one person as a CEO and another person as a husband and another person as a father and another person as a friend. I, I don't have the ability to do that. And it took me a really long time to understand that I've got to be who I am. And I hope that that translates well in various settings. And part of that for me is around that idea of improving every day. I use that 1% better. And my journaling is around that idea of what did I do today to get better? And how do I take that to tomorrow and continue to build on it? Wow. Wherever I go, I am there. And something you are incredible at is being present. When when somebody comes to meet with you or when you're interacting with somebody, you're fully present with them. And you cannot understand understate the value of that. That tells people, I respect you. You are valuable. You know, and I know you never walk around thinking about I'm the CEO or the president of the hospital. You're you're Dave Schreiner. Just like this as your authentic self. You don't change who you are when you put your suit on and walk in the doors of KSB. You are who you are. And that's something I think that draws incredible respect and admiration from your team. I know it draws incredible respect and admiration from me personally and the other leaders that we work with. But you're always present. The person you're with is always the most important person in that moment. And that's a big deal. Well, Danny, thank you very much for that. I don't feel that way all the time because you get we all get that monkey mind going, you know, and you're looking at the third meeting into the future. But, you know, it doesn't work for me. I, I've got to try to be present. And it's something that I work on in every single interaction. I think it means a lot. We've got to find a way to set that cell phone aside or put it away so that the person that we're with doesn't think that they're the second most important person in the room. Yeah.
huge, huge, huge lesson right there. And checking ourselves, again, another call to action from this podcast, when, when you're present, are you present? Because you're making a lot of withdrawals from your account if you're not. And so really being focused on that's a big deal. And being who you are, if you're aspiring to be a leader, you don't change who you are because you get a title or a position. You've got to stay true to who you are. I've seen that so many times that this person is so different. They're power and control and micromanaging and and not a good communicator. They don't care as much when they're in their leadership role. And then you have drinks with them after five o'clock on Friday. And there's this total other person that everybody would love to work for, but they feel like they got to be somebody else. Just be you. That's a great summary, Danny. And I think some of that is that imposter syndrome of we try so hard to be who we think others want us to be. And, And you were promoted because you were doing the right things and you were the person that they thought would do that job well. So I think we have an obligation to improve when we have those opportunities to do something different. And you have to bring your best self along to do that. You do. Leader as a relationship builder. Make time spent with me the best part of another person's day. Be present, be kind, possess genuine interest and concern for others, which is a little bit of what I just talked about and who you are and what you do so well. Walk through that. This piece for me, Danny, is the one that has been with me the longest, the concept of making time spent with me the best part of other people's day. And one of the things that it took me a long time to realize as a chief executive of an organization is the things that I do and say are overblown. Um, if I if I talk to an employee, they remember that longer because of the title. And so I want to take advantage of that, if I can say that in a sincere way, around that idea that I want people going home at night and saying, hey, I got to go into the boardroom today and have lunch because the CEO brought in 15 people to talk about child care at KSB Hospital. I, I want that. I want people to get excited about that. And if I can have a, a chance to talk to somebody about their dreams and their aspirations, I want them to walk out of that meeting thinking, gosh, I can do this. You know, I, I didn't see before what I can see now. And the only way I know how to do that is that resonant leadership, that, I, that idea that take that time and make that person, let them know how you value them. It's, it's okay in today's environment to tell people you love them and care about them. And I'm afraid that our society is moving away from that, and it, it really bothers me. We have to tell people we care. That's okay. Sets the tone for your entire entire culture. It's a mandate. In our organization, in the hospital's culture, it's a mandate. Wow. That's awesome. Leader as a teacher and learner. Strive to be interested and not interesting. Believe in people more than they believe in themselves. Be curious and challenge theories and beliefs to promote learning. Every piece of granite has a masterpiece waiting to be released. Yeah, if we think about that, be interested and not interesting, how many times during our day do we fail to listen to what the person's saying because we're thinking about what wonderful thing we're going to say next, right? And I think we lose out in a lot of the richness of conversations, and I'm guilty of that frequently. But if I can dial in and listen and you know, maybe even pause and have that uncomfortable silence after the person finishes, that allows me to absorb what their thought is. If, I'm all, if, you're, if you have a... 30 second thing that you say to me and I dialed out at the 10 second mark because I was thinking about this wonderfully brilliant thing I was going to say next. I missed out on two thirds of the conversation. So that interested, not interesting. When I heard that it really resonated with me. And then this, every piece of granite has a masterpiece waiting to be released. You, you think about 
the Da Vinci's of the world that took these huge blocks and they realized that there was a masterpiece inside there and their job was to whittle away the things that could leave, the things that could fall away. And if we can develop people in that way of understanding that everybody wants to do the right thing and there's a brilliant leader inside there, what are those chunks that we can help remove to make that visible to the rest of the world? That's pretty exciting. That is, that is very exciting. You talk about helping people reach their full potential, help people become the best versions of themselves. Tearing down again this one about the, the glass ceiling, the power of believing in other people. Strive to be interested and not interesting. That immediately took me to Covey's, I believe it's the fourth habit, seek first to understand, then be understood. So powerful. It's one of my laws of leadership that, that guide me um, because it tells people, I care about you. Again, I respect you. You have value. You are important. And as human beings, emotional beings, that's really important. And the, the connection that that drives and the trust building power of that cannot be overstated. Very well said, Danny. And, and the way that I try to do that is through an appreciative inquiry approach of asking, not telling. Most of us don't like to be told what to do, but we like to be asked and we can use questions to define the path moving forward. And, and I, I really like that approach of using questions to get to where we want to go. People respond so much differently when we sincerely want to listen to their ideas as opposed to when we're told what we have to do. That ask versus tell to me is every bit as important as that positive to negative ratio. Yeah, and one thing I've learned from you and I've become more intentional about it is you are great at asking questions, meaningful questions. And again, it says all those things to people that I just talked about. And, and you're so good at that. It's something that I'm just constantly working on all of the time. Well, I appreciate that, Danny. It's, I think it's very powerful and to be, uh, to be concerned and, and truly inquisitive because people can also tell when you're faking that. Yeah. If you're leading the witness, most people are smart enough to grab that. Yeah. And it has a negative as opposed to a positive effect. People want to follow. People worth following. Nobody wants to be manipulated. Great point. Very well said. Okay, so now in the leadership tree and this framework, this incredible framework, and thank you so much for opening this up uh, and, and sharing it with us. The, the final piece of that, my leadership life perspective, improve myself, my family, my friends, my community, and the world by writing and speaking about love. Be a missionary for outstanding health, vibrant communities, and spread love through generosity and healing. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot there, Danny, but this, um, this continues to be reinforced with the climate that we live in right now. And I, I don't want to take this towards the world of politics, but I think that politics influences the way that we look at the world. And the news that we have today is so primarily negative. And there's, um, there's bullying that seems to be commonplace. And we have race issues that are in large parts due to generational lack of respect. And what would our world look like if we had that ability to lead with love. And so I just, I feel a need to talk about that. When I went in for my doctoral interview, that world, the word love was used time after time because I was just having such a negative response to what it feels like the environment is like in so many cases. And I do feel like the Sauk Valley is different. I feel like our community has a lot more of that than we have in other places in the world, but we can't have enough of it. So I use the word missionary because I, I want to lead with that. I mean, I can only impact my piece of it. 
but I want to write and I want to speak around how we can take better care of each other. I mean, life is tough, right? I mean, we, we all had parents and there wasn't a parenting manual for them at the time. And then we become parents and we don't have that manual. And we put all of these, that granite around the brilliant person inside the mold. We do all that and we go through all of that as we're going on. And so we, we walk around with that every day. What about that idea of looking somebody in the eyes and smiling at them and asking like you care about them? That's, you know, that, that includes so many things like brain health and suicide prevention and opportunities created for people that they didn't have before. To me, that's given a choice. Why would I not want to speak in that language and with that partnership with other human beings? as opposed to bullying and pulling people down and trying to step over people. It just doesn't, doesn't work for me on the other side. That idea of leading with love is who I want to be about. Wow. And, and when you think about this world and a lot of the uncertainty and anxiety and the struggles and the challenges, I mean, I do believe, and I listened to Simon Sinek talking about it in his podcast recently and different leaders, it, the change is going to happen within all of us. And it has to happen with all of this. And it, it all begins with love. The, a couple things about this perspective is it's easy when you're on a career path and you're moving up through the ranks of an organization or when um, you get that big promotion, you become the CEO, to forget about work-life balance and the importance of your family and your friends, the importance of your own well-being, right? And, but also the importance of your team's well-being. And I, I love how you talk about improve myself, my family, my friends, my community, and the world. And you talk about by speaking about love. But what comes to my mind is we can't forget about the balance that we've got to have in our lives. And to me, Danny, that goes back. And I, I wish you could see the tree that we're talking about because what Danny is talking about here with the leadership life perspective represents the roots. And by that, I mean that if that goes wrong, the tree dies. So if we don't have that ability to be the trunk in the middle around the leader's authentic self, I don't think you can turn this on and off. And so the closer we get to that idea that I'm the same person wherever I go, that's the person that shows up, the closer are we, to, we are to understanding that other people have that too. And the people that are on my senior leadership team, they work incredibly hard. And there's times when they need to focus on their son or their daughter more than they do whatever's going on at work. And we have to give people the ability to do that. If we want to have their hearts and their minds, we have to understand that there's other stuff going on. And, and we always want to be aware of that. And if we truly love them and we care about them, we're going to understand that they're going to be better here when they fix that at home. Yeah. Employee well-being has become a major topic. I mean, if you're out searching different sites on the top leadership topics, like the top 10, employee, uh, employee well-being is right there. And the other one's employee experience. And when you look at what drives you what is the foundation, what is the framework of how you lead and bring to life this values-driven leadership, um, you, you can see why employee experience and employee well-being are such high priorities for you and why you've created this incredible culture that, that through people and taking care of people is achieving just incredible, incredible results. Well, I appreciate that, Danny. And as, as you're saying that, my mind is going to, and we can always get better. Oh. You know, there are things that we can do to make people want to be here more. And that's certainly my goal every day. Mm -hmm. We talk we talk a lot about, and I've talked to you about this expression, we're, we're constantly looking to add layers of greatness. 
you know, when you get your organization to the level it is today, you know, you're not going to jump, jump up five notches in a day or a week or a month, but when you continue to add layers of greatness, even small layers of greatness, that's how you make those big jumps over a year or two years period of time. You always, there's always a better way and that commitment to excellence and the Leadership Excellence podcast is all about that. There's always a better way. There's, there's no destination. You can touch and, and tap into excellence from time to time. Um, but you constantly have to be working and challenging the status quo and looking for ways to add those layers of greatness to spend a lot of time in that realm. And it is so easily to fall, easy to fall out of, right? Very well said, Danny. And that's just, I think of sustainability when you were saying that, right? Moving up is difficult. Staying there is harder. And because there's a lot of people throwing rocks. You know, all those pieces of granite that fell off, those are all, those are missiles, right? <laughs> and that's going to happen. And when you when you hear me talk about some of these things about leading with love and respecting others, and, you know, you, you put yourself in a position of vulnerability when you do that, and you have to be willing to accept that as well. Some people occasionally are going to take advantage of that, but that's okay. You know, if I win 9 out of 10, I'll take it. That's, yeah. that's Hall of Fame results if you're a baseball player. Hall of Fame. And you're staying true to your authentic self and who you are. Dave, real quick... I want to talk about how decisions are made because there's a lot of talk about servant-based leadership, you know, inclusion, empowering your team to make decisions. But as a leader, there's times that you need to be the one making that decision because it's so important to the organization. It's maybe it's high liability. It's important to this, that, or the other thing. Can you walk through that and as it relates really to the tree? Yeah, we kind of, in the Petunia City, we have a tree theme today, don't we? So I appreciate that, Danny. Um, something that I heard that I really like to think about, and I think it, it helps that clarity that we talked about earlier. If you picture a tree, there are some decisions that are leaps. And what I mean by that is if that decision happens and it's wrong, the leaf got torn off. But, you know, that's okay. Another leaf's going to fall back and it's going to grow back. So that's a decision that just go do. You don't need to talk to me about it. You don't need to talk to your manager about it. Go do it. That's a leaf. Then you have branches. That's a little bit more risk, right? I mean, if the branch gets cut off, the tree looks different, but the tree's going to survive. So that might be something that we have a conversation about. You might say, if you and I are talking about that and I report to you, I could come to you and say, Danny, here's what I'm. Here's the direction I'm going. I just want to check in with you and make sure that's okay. I got it. You don't have to worry about it. It's mine. So we have the leaf. We have the branch. Then you have the trunk. You know, that's a bigger deal. That trunk gets cut off, that's a problem, right? So if I'm reporting to you, I may come to you and say, Danny, I need help on this one. Here's my plan. Here's a proposal. Here's my recommendation. But I want you to be fully engaged in this and be with me in this decision. So you have the leaf, the branch, and the trunk. And then you move down to the roots. This is a place where if we get this wrong, the tree dies. So in our world, that's a collaborative decision. And that's one that I would rather not make on impulse. I'd rather be able to collect data to get views and most importantly, disparate views of people that may disagree with my decision. And I may not be able to win those people over, but I will be able to say, here's the decision I made and here's why I'm making it. And so at least we have some level of consensus around that. So those roots are decisions that you do not have the ability to make. We need to do that together. So the leaves are easy. The branches are more of an FYI. The trunk is, uh, let's do this together. And the roots are, we're really going to do this together. And we're going to make sure that we have a 360-degree evaluation around this decision before we proceed. I think it's a nice way for people to to kind of uh, 
pair off in their own mind, which, what is this? If you think it's a leaf and your boss thinks it's a trunk, that's a disconnect. There might be a bigger problem there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and, and breaking that down. This might be something that we talk about in a different podcast and, and more in depth and detail. But I think it's really important as you think about how are decisions made, especially as everything we hear right now from the top leadership speakers out there is about, you know, we can't micromanage. we got to trust people to do their job. It's all about serving others, creating this environment. And all those things are true, and that's the way we lead. But there is a way that decisions need to be made kind of systematically within an organization to make sure you get it right. Because at the end of the day, for me, it's never about we didn't hit our target. We didn't, you know, in the private sector, reach that financial mark. At the end of the day, it's like, wow, we missed that so bad that now we've got to look at how can we continue to do this. And now you're looking at people. And what you never want to have to do is anything that harms people, layoffs, furloughs, you know, those types of things. Um, and, and so it's really a much bigger thing, and it's so important as we, as we drive success. Dave, wow, I'm, I'm blown away. I, I continue to be blown away by you. I, I ask people when I speak in person to think about why do you want to lead? And I ask people right now listening to this podcast, why do you want to lead? What do you value? What motivates you to lead? What is your framework? What is your true north? Uh, and being very intentional about that. And if you do, uh, you're just going to continue to take your success to the next level and to the next level. So thank you for taking the time to share this. I, I know this is going to be incredibly valuable to anybody who, who dials into this. Danny, thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for the work that you're doing. You're giving people opportunities through your leadership work. You're making people come up with ideas that without your input, they wouldn't come up with. And I think that's so important around that generation and the generation below us, the generation ahead of us. How do we give people the opportunity to do something they might not be able to see on their own? And your work is doing that. So keep it going, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. To our leaders, thank you for joining in, tuning in. Please hit subscribe uh, down below on the podcast. Leave a rating if, if you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, more information can be found on this podcast, on the actual visual of the leadership tree at dannylangloss.com. Also, David put out his email. Do you want to give that again, Dave? Sure. It's pretty simple. It's david at ksbhospital.com. David at ksbhospital.com. Not many CEOs of hospitals, you know, willing to help anybody and everybody and to, to put their email out there to the world. Thank you, leaders, for joining us today and spending this time on our leadership journey. Remember, always be committed to excellence.